up the shot. I, there's, mm. I, that's my fault. I'm sorry, guys. We'll get it framed up. Uh, thank you for being, <laughs> for being here with us. We love you all so much. Thank you for joining us today. It is going to be a great episode, great. if only because Paul has on a Saved by the Bell shirt today. Do you, do you appreciate that? Also, if you are on right now, do you remember the rest of the lyrics to the Saved by the Bell theme song? <laughs> yeah, like the first two sentences, then we're like, no, no, no. Like, I get, and I wake up every morning. Da, da, that's da, 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 about da, 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 that, That's it. Like, that's if it. you watched it, do you then know you it? you said the bell. That's. I, because I'm saved by the, like, I have bits and pieces. It's real, like, a hazy yeah. memory of my childhood. Thank you for being here. Comment, tell us who you are, where you're watching from. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's going to be an awesome one. Please comment and also share the broadcast because it's going to be a great episode and we're just super excited to have you. Johnny says hey, Arabella says hey, and Priscilla's is waving. And it's biblical because we're supposed to share the word. It's true. So, so. Paul's, Paul's slightly sassy today, guys. Like, it's there. So just buckle up. Like, it's, it's, it's There's no telling ride. where this ride's going. <laughs> <laughs> No telling. Pastor Nicole says, hello, Barrett, you look very pretty. Paul, your shirt looks like my old trapper keeper. Too funny. <laughs> Buddy says for. he never watched Saved by the Bell. That upsets me. So Saved by the Bell, confession time, was a TV show that I snuck. Like my mom would not allow me to watch it because she thought it would teach me like bad things. Please but, skip school. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really wanted to. So that was one of the first ones I remember being rebellious and being like, I'm going to watch it anyway. So that's probably is, why I don't Who was your favorite character? Like who's your favorite person? Screech. Really? Screech was great. Do you remember Saved by the Bell? <laughs> I was probably more of the... Chris just changed the theme song. I'm all right. I'm saved by Jesus. Um. Good job, Chris. Way to bring it home. I think personality-wise, I was Zach. Zach. Yeah, no doubt. But I liked Slater because I've always liked sports and he was <laughs> the athlete. But then if you think Slater about it, in mullet. school, everybody had those those friends. Like you had the screeches. Everybody had a screech friend. Mario Lopez <laughs> is all I know about the show. Yeah, that's – well, the screech <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We could Anyways. talk about Saved by the Bell. You don't care about that, uh, clearly, because it's just it back and Chris commenting. So question number one of the day. I have a couple. We're going to see how many we can get through today. Uh, uh -oh. Question number one. Bum, ba -dum, ba -dum, bum, bum, bum. It. It's not popping up. It's not popping uh -oh. up. Well, that's interesting. We well, will get just it. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> While we're getting gotcha. the graphics, I'm going to see if I can remember. Oh, okay. Here's what question number one was going to be. You ready? Question oh. number one. Do we have it? Did Buddy get it? They got excitement back there in the booth. Da -da. We may have it. It was there and it, it, was there and it disappeared. 
while they're working on it. B. While they're working on it, the first question was bacon, crispy or floppy? Floppy. I already, yep. That's why I waited until Just over, here. not raw. That's so nasty. Like, I like to bite it and it's still like, you gotta pull a little bit. Oh, ugh. Mm -mm. If it's crunchy, it's disgusting. No. Yes, if it's crunchy, it's burnt. Like, particularly on a sandwich, I don't want, like, floppy bacon because then it, like, ruins the sandwich. Like, I have to pull it apart, and it slides out, and it doesn't stay. Like, I want to bite through and have each bite be proportionate to bacon. Like, I, that's, okay, here we go. Uh, buddy, that's not a word. Pick one. Uh, Johnny says crispy. <laughs> Arabella says crispy. Buddy's mom, Miss Chris, says floppy. Brittany says that she's with Paul. Buddy says right in the middle of crispy and floppy. Okay, switch. Oh, wait, you're not supposed to be lukewarm. <laughs> be hot or hot cold. Or be cold. <laughs> Tyler says floppy. Prilla says crispy BLTs, but by itself, like Paul, ew. Uh, Holly says she likes burnt crispy. Like, I am the See, person. See, if it's that floppy will... and you put it on a sandwich, it's got to be bacon, egg, and cheese, and then the cheese holds mm -hmm. everything together. Mm -hmm. It's all in the preparation. <laughs> restream says crispy. So re the restream people say crispy. Amen. Uh, Tyler says food to fight for, bite harder. <laughs> Buddy! Yay. He says if he had to choose, crispy. Yep. I think it's better as a snack, crispy, too. Like, it's, it's much more satisfying that if way. If we don't get people saved, they're going to be crispy. If we don't get people <laughs> saved... Paul is wide open today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> wide open. Hey, Anthony, it's good to see you. By the way, hi, Brittany. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> We're just kind of reading through the comments. Now, okay, while, because the graphics are but being see, interesting. I feel like if you like crispy oh, bacon, then you, you're the type of people that wants your steak completely like well done. I don't eat steak, but... I that mean, is, that who is. shared their steak with me the other day? Was that Marky? I think it was Marky shared her steak with me, and it was really good. I don't think it was well done. I think it was, like, medium. Oh, see, that's too done. You like yours with blood dripping out of it. It's got to be Basically. bright, like, pink. Bright pink. Ew. Ugh. That way you get the flavor of the meat. If it's don't have any pink, then you're not tasting any flavor. You're just tasting, like, burnt meat. So, Amy. It's, mine will say it's a little, it's jerky. You got like a New jerky. York strip of jerky. I like jerky. Jerky's fine. <laughs> um, Johnny says that his steak is medium rare. Prilla says medium rare. Buddy says medium well. I'm, I'm more inclined like Buddy's. Um, so Buddy can cook steak any day for me. Um, okay, so Amy's life group, like the Presley's life group, gave me a whole bunch that I should debate. <sighs> oh, man. Okay. This could be interesting. Do, speaking of bacon, like while we're <clears> on the bacon train, how do you cook it? In a microwave no. or on a stove? No, it's on the stove. <laughs> the microwave, nothing tastes good coming out of the microwave. I think Mark and Amy use a microwave with theirs because it like cooks it. Uh, they were saying something about how it cooks it flat or something. With, or it, you, I don't remember what they Stuff out of the microwave is really not healthy for you. I don't remember. Because of the way it's cooked in the microwave. Growing up, okay, so here's, here's a fun fun fact. I did not know how to make bacon until about... Two, year, two, three years ago on the ELT advance when I saw a pastor making it. And I'm like, oh, that's not hard. Because I only ever saw my mom use the microwave. Have you I ever never saw scrambled it eggs in a microwave? I have done that. They're actually really fluffy. Yep. If you, like, that's actually, 
it's not the healthiest way. It's a way that I, you can make like the perfect shape egg for a breakfast sandwich. Like you pam down a bowl and you crack an egg in there and it comes out a perfect You don't even have to pam it. Right? We well, I mean, it. it can it can get interesting if you like cook it. I never put any butter, pam, or anything oh, when totally I cook it in the microwave. I don't like runny eggs at all. I want them. And then super you can take cooked. it and you just go, and it flops out. Here's I think where the but difference you got to put a little is, bit of milk in it. Is I I don't want any part of my food uncooked at all. So like, I used to eat I raw eggs. Ugh, no, no. Ugh. Arabella says stove. Priscilla <laughs> says oven. Uh, she can't stand the splatter. Johnny says stove or air fryer. Uh, Tyler Tucker, use Buddy's the grease mom, in your eggs. Yes. For sure. Buddy's mom says stove, Miss Chris. Uh, Chris Griffin says bake it in the oven. So good or the stove. Bake it in the oven. That's interesting. How to make bacon. That's interesting. Uh, Buddy says Gordon Ramsay puts butter in the pan with his eggs on the stove. Yeah, I do that. Yep. Yep, okay. So here's another one. Like, I feel like this is southern things that just blew my mind that happened. This came, I think, from Amy and Lisa. Do you mayo in your mashed potatoes? Is that a thing that you do? Mayonnaise in your mashed potatoes? I don't, but I've had it. It's, it's good. Interesting. Some people use that instead of putting a bunch of butter in it. I, so I, Pastor Nicole, used sour cream, mm -hmm. and that's awesome. But mm -hmm. mayonnaise was really interesting. Like, a really interesting thought in my head. Pretty much I like, feel like making potato salad. In the South, ugh, no. In the South, like there's so much more mayonnaise usage than I ever knew of. That's why we're firm believers <laughs> that if it's not Dukes, it's not mayonnaise. Ugh. Okay, Brittany Pastor says Nicole yes. Agrees. Brittany, is it good? Like, have you had it with sour cream? Is it better than with sour cream? Belzy says it depends on the type of potatoes. That's really interesting. Ooh, okay. So, Miss Chris just gave a great, I think we're talking about bacon. She says, in the oven is good with brown sugar on top, on top of bacon. See, like I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, won't, I don't like, like straight-up bacon. I don't want my bacon with any kind of uh, brown sugar, maple. Maple bacon is no. where it's at. Now, maple I bacon, I don't want it super thick crispy. butcher cut bacon. Maple bacon is the one type of bacon that I do not care if it's crispy about because it's more maple-y <laughs> if it's not as crispy. So I still want it crispy, but if it's not, then I'm, I'm not sad. I'll eat it either way. Like this is one of those foods. I'll eat it however it's prepared for me, but. Okay. And then last one, turkey bacon. No. <laughs> no. If it's bacon, it's pork. Anything else is a lie. Anything else. Is, that, is it that way with skim milk, too? Like, it's just basically water? I, I milk it, I don't care. <laughs> skim, 2%, whole milk, whatever, I'll drink it. I mean, I drink buffalo milk. Water buffalo milk. Uh, was in the Philippines. Buffalo, yours is fast and actually, it was actually pretty good. It was actually really good. Johnny says bacon, no turkey bacon. Turkey bacon. I'll tell you a, a good story. The first time I'd ever had turkey bacon. The heavens parted. We stayed at my wife's Nana's house one night, and they don't believe in eating pork. And I got up, and they were making breakfast. And I was like, well, how do you have breakfast without pork? Because bacon and sausage, and it was turkey bacon. And then they don't drink cow's milk. They drink almond milk. Oh, so it's a healthy home. <laughs> I took a bite of the bacon. I was like, 
uh, <laughs> put it in a napkin, and then I took a <laughs> drink of milk, and I was like, oh, my, y'all ruined this. I didn't eat breakfast. I was, I was highly upset. I did keto for about three months early at the beginning of the year, and regular bacon is more keto compliant than turkey bacon um, a lot of the time just because of the amount of fat and protein in it. And I had only had turkey bacon for years at Turkey this bacon point. is rubber. Well, so I had regular bacon for three months, and then when I stopped and I went back to turkey, I'm like, oh. See, oh, turkey bacon. I was bacon, living a lie. <laughs> you can cook turkey bacon no matter if it's in there for five seconds or 15 minutes, it doesn't change colors. It's true. Something's weird about that. It's true. Like, it turns like a it's different shade of pink. That's about it. And it shrinks up a little, but it doesn't That's like, it. yeah. It's, yeah. No, it, it reminds me of biting into the, like the, the older racers, like in high school, you know, oh, the yeah. big rectangle. You might as well just bite that. It's disgusting. It, but it's not that thick. It's not that thick. <laughs> but if you take a couple slices and stack it up, you could probably erase pencil marks. Tyler says he <laughs> eats pig bacon and cow milk. <laughs> and Belzy says regular bacon. Buddy says he doesn't believe in turkey bacon. Johnny does not like the texture of it. I get that. Uh, Chris says bacon does not come from turkeys. What? <laughs> oh, I understand what he's saying. It took me a second. I'm like, what's turkey bacon if it's not turkey then? <laughs> like, what am I eating? <laughs> Is this like tofu? Um, I got really concerned for a second. Oh, I'm like, I have don't even get me started on tofu. In me. Like, don't even get me started on that. Tofu's not bad it if it's cooked right. That is, no, that is, that is. No, go to Chipotle and in their My bowls, cousin is a firm believer in tofu <laughs> and I have tried it in every way she's tri fixed it and I've been there and it doesn't change the fact that it, it, it is disgusting. Chipotle's tofu is really good. I'd rather go on an 80-day fast. <laughs> I like tofu. Eat tofu. Tofu's not bad. I don't mind that. No. Well, guys, we are going to it's hop got the in word today. Toe in it. it does have the word toe in it. What's in a hot dog? Deliciousness. Lots of toe. Lots, Lots of parts of from tails. a pig, and I love pig. <laughs> oh, my gracious. I have fried, tried it fried, Johnny. The fried tofu is really good. Like, <laughs> Buddy always goes to Google with the definition. Buddy is a very technical-minded person, I am discovering. Uh, Buddy says turkey bacon is fake news. Octothorpe, fake news. Um, so thank you for hopping on with us. Again, share the broadcast. We are about to dive into what we're talking about today. But exciting news if you have not been on the past couple days or if you have and you just want to get hyped about it again. We are ready. Whoa, hold on. George, I saw my husband, I got distracted. He says, bacon crispy or bacon floppy. Barrett has turned me on to floppy bacon. No, I haven't. I, I don't make floppy bacon for you. Turkey bacon is good. Almond milk is good. Back to being on hold, bye. <laughs> so apparently George is on the phone. I don't Turkey know if Turkey bacon I... is good. George, now I qu I'm going to question our friendship. <laughs> I feel like you've turned on me. <laughs> You're not the person I thought you were. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Exciting news. We had an awesome meeting yesterday. Next week, we are launching our brand new Lunch Plus content, and it is going to be great. It's going to be super exciting. We're going to be starting at 11.45 a.m., and from 11.45 until about 12, it's going to be like this, chatting, hanging out, finding out how you Finger are. Finger guns. Basically, just finger guns for 15 <laughs> minutes. If you turn on, this is all it's going to be. But at 12 o'clock, we are going to start with some brand new segments. I'm not going to tell you all of them, but Johnny I will Shaver. tell you, we're going to have some trivia things. We're going to have games. We're going to have challenges. Like, 
prepare to watch Buddy's face pucker in a way I don't think he's fully prepared for. I don't know if he's really excited about this, but now I've spoken it on camera, so it has to be true now. So it's going to be a great <laughs> week. We're super excited. So set your clock, set your reminders for 11.45, be here with us, and it's going to be awesome. And this is content that's going to go to Pakistan, to nations. We're going to be putting it on networks. Like, this is stuff that we are going to have going out, and the gospel is going to be preached, and it's brand new. I've never seen anyone else do what we're about to do like we're about to do it. So it's gonna, we're going to be breaking ground, and that's pretty much what the ministry does is break ground. So we're excited to have you be here when we start. Why are you laughing? What's going on? Buddy, <laughs> I have very strict standards for friendships. That's true. <laughs> and George, or it's very fragile based on food. <laughs> it's true. Or, or the song choice. Look at me. I has. love food. Don't disrespect it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gracious. Well, for those of you that are on right now, share the broadcast. We are about to get started with what we are talking about today. Also, it's come to my attention that I use my hands a lot. So I'm sorry for how many knife Tom Cruise hands I throw at you throughout any. She pretends she's kung fu fighting. Hot cha. But no, we are. We have been talking about the man who would be king. This is part 42, <laughs> and it's been great. You know, we are. The other day, uh, I don't. I know you've been working, so I don't know how much of Mondays you got to watch. But we were we're in Second Samuel chapter two. We made it like not not too many verses into into Second Samuel <laughs> verse two. But we've been talking about David and his leadership journey that he's taken. You know, we started with Saul being anointed to be king. We have progressed to David then being anointed to be king. Saul persecuting David, and now. Saul has um, Saul has died. David has been anointed to be king, and you know it's it's just that journey that he's taken. Of I know what I'm called to do. I know who I'm called to be. But the honor and the esteem and the leadership <clears throat> skills that he implemented are things that we can just learn forever. So, what are some things that you've been getting out of the man who would be king, the man who's king right now? We're in the king part. Boom. Are you pointing? What are you doing? I'm thinking over the 42 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> no, it's just the biggest thing with David always sends out is just his humility and how far humility takes you. Hi. And it kind of, it's almost like some of the things that George was saying yesterday, that humility of just being able to be okay with being the dumb person in the room and drawing on yeah. the anointings that are around you instead yeah. of trying to elevate yourself and make yourself seem to be one of those people. Yeah. And God honors that and he'll use that because he can trust you with things that way. And David's humility that he had, another... Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> and it allowed God to, to use him and elevate him and promote him in ways where he was quick, when he'd done stuff wrong, he was quick to turn yeah. and say that he messed up and... A lot of times that's something that's really hard for you to do is put that pride down to say yeah. that I messed up. But when you do, it opens up a door yeah. for you to step into the greater things. And every time you see that with David, there's a promotion going. There's a movement that's happening. He's taking him further and further. So humility is the key to that yeah. and to, to really understand that and, and practice that and put that in. And that's one thing that 
I'm working on, <laughs> still continuously, is, and it's something that I think no matter how far you are in your walk, it's something that you've always got to keep in check because pride is something that can really come up and mess you up. So if you think you've arrived at that point where you are the most humble person, you really aren't. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a flag. Boop. Nope, yeah. I'm not. That's the truth. <clears throat> it's, in, it's enjoyable watching David be humble. And like what we were talking about the other day is how he was uh, constantly seeking the Lord. Mm -hmm. He was constantly saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I just, that blesses me. And, you know, I'm seeing that personally new, like I've never seen it before, <clears throat> just the level of his seeking the Lord mm -hmm. and how much we need to do that uh, today as well. And that's humility. Mm -hmm. That's humility that's saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? So anyway. And you I'm, can apply that to going into to the word. A lot of times we'll read scriptures and think that we understand what's going on when really there's more. Yeah. It's like what I was telling you the other day. I'd been reading the same scripture for months now, and mm -hmm. I knew some, I thought I knew what he was trying to say in it, but I still at the same time knew there was more. So instead of just saying, okay, I've received what, I, what it says, mm -hmm. I kept going and kept going. Yeah. And then he started showing me things last week and then beginning of this week, and it's just like, oh, man. Like, there was so much more yeah. in there. But if I would have stepped out and said, you know what, I got what you told me, yeah. I would have never received that. And what yes. I received out of it was life-changing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would have I stepped in, I would have stepped out of what he was actually trying to do. Yeah. Amen. Well, I apologize for being late. I was handling some pastor stuff. And uh, so, anyway, but y'all did good. Crispy bacon and nothing in the microwave. And what was the other one? Mayonnaise and potatoes. I hadn't, I hadn't seen that. Hey, Joe, good to see you. Mark, amen. Amy and Lisa and Brittany say that it is excellent. I've not tried that. I'll be willing to try it, but. My stepdad's a big, firm believer on really? mayonnaise and mashed potatoes. It's not bad. Not bad. Hmm. Interesting. Makes them kind of creamy. I'm really sorry that I gasped in the middle. Pastor got his new Bible, and I got <laughs> distracted, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> I Dude. did not need to be a distraction. <laughs> I'm excited about it. It looks really pretty. It is. It looks, so the, um, this is what's called a Schuyler Bible, and it's like an heirloom Bible. So it's one you can have for a long time and get redone. So Barry and George had got this for me for Father's Day. And, uh, but this one has wide margins because I like making a lot of notes on scriptures. This one has zero in it for not long. It will change, that was, that was change quickly. How long, how long will that last? <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's, it looks a lot bigger. Actually, when I put my Bible up to it, it's actually right at the same size. But it's got, this is what's interesting. This is called, this right here, the flaps, is called yap. And this is like a semi-yap. Here, I'll show you. So it covers, so it'll help protect the pages and keep them. But because these stick out so much longer than normal, it makes it look a lot bigger. But it's really, it's really not. So. The font looks nice, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I got distracted by the red pages because it kind of looks like Star Wars with the black <laughs> and the red and the white. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize for everybody if I disrupted the flow of what yeah. was going on. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's red, so I don't know if they'll be able to see this, but... Here's, yeah, you can. See how it's red there, but then when you go up, it's gold. What? That's cool. <laughs> a, lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them are like that. But I'm so sorry. But anyway. he says, nice yap, Pastor. 
I you, almost spit out my teeth. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Amen. Amen. That's funny. So let's uh, let's go to Second Corinthians or Second Corinthians, Second Samuel. This is part 2nd <laughs> <laughs> Samuel and chapter two. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. I've, <clears throat> this is a lot of the Bibles that you buy; they'll just wear out, and you can't really uh, get them recovered. So I wanted to get a Bible that I could have for a lifetime and make a lot of preaching notes in them. And so I was looking at them already. They just came out with this one. It's the New American Standard with the wide margin. And um, then, so I was really happy about the wide margin and uh, looking forward to it. But it is, it is thick. Like, it's, it's thick. But it's got, if you can see, check this out. So some people will like this. Some people don't care. But um, see how wide that margin is there on both sides and on the top and the bottom. So you're able to really uh, make some notes in there. I'm looking forward to it because I'll have references and different things that I have written in my Bible that it'll be where I've researched like the original language words and stuff like that already. And Or I'll say now, like for example, the... Um, the woman with the alabaster box who broke and anointed uh, Jesus' feet. You know, that happened more on more than one occasion, actually. And uh, when you see that, there's actually three different times specifically that that happened, but most people think it's once. So what I'll do is I'll go to that story, the first one, and I'll say, now this is uh, story number one, this is two, this is three, and uh, I'll reference them so I can see them different things like that. So I'll always have notes in there, but I'm excited about it. Thank yeah. y'all again. Yeah, it's absolutely. awesome. Happy to. I'm excited about it. So, amen. I was excited <laughs> for you to get it, hence the yeah. overwhelming reaction. It's got my name on the front <laughs> and everything. <laughs> I'm bona fide. <laughs> you made it. I made it. My name <laughs> is on my Bible. I have joined the club. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited. Now, I'm going to have to get used to it, though, because the layout is different than what I'm used to. So anyway, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 2, we're talking about the man who would be king, who would be king of a country, uh, president of a country. We're talking about uh, somebody who would be a leader, a servant leader, a minister. Uh, anybody, any Christian is a minister, but mm -hmm. also talking about apostles, prophets, evangelists, yeah. pastors, teachers, and uh, we're talking about shift supervisors, talking about managers at their, at their work. Anybody who would desire to be a leader, which any Christian should desire that, simply so that they can be better used by God, yeah. is, Lord, help me be, help me study to show myself approved, and help me be who you want me to be. And so looking at this, we've been looking through 1 Samuel. We, we almost should have called this series First and Second Samuel. But uh, the man who would be king it tells you more about what it is. Because we looked at King Saul who yeah. did things right for a week. And then uh, we looked at... Literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and then we looked at King David. We also looked at some of the things with the prophet Samuel... Uh, but now we're seeing David. We saw David as a shepherd boy. We saw him uh, in the wilderness, and now we see him taking the throne. And uh, let's look here, because you need to see. So Saul has, has uh, passed, like you were saying earlier, and 
when it comes down to it now, Abner was Saul's right-hand man, and he's looking to make a power play. This is where we ended on Monday. Yeah. He's looking kind of to make a power play to put uh, the son of Saul in there. And what we were talking about on uh, as king over Israel, David has already been anointed as king over Judah. And uh, so when we see this, we see that he's applying a lot of worldly wisdom. There's a lot of worldly wisdom that's being applied right now. And this is something that we need to back off of. We need to say, look, I don't need worldly wisdom. I need the wisdom of God. And so let's start at verse 8, uh, 2 Samuel, verse 8. But Abner, the son of Ner, commanded, uh, commander of Saul's army. I, I, I laugh on the inside every time I read son of Ner. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he had taken Ishbosheth, Ishbosheth. That's what we'll do. The son of Saul and brought him over. I had Buddy read this. You want to come read this again, Buddy? <laughs> no. This is how I do, I do this. Okay. Uh, the son of Saul and brought him over to the M city, and he hmm. made him king over Gilead and over the Asherites, over Jezreel, and over Ephraim, over Benjamin, and even over all Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was 40 years old when he became king over Israel, and he was king for two years. The house of Judah, however, followed David. The time that David was king in Hebron over, over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Now Abner, the son of Ner, <laughs> uh, went out from the M city to Gibeon with the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul. And Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and the servants of David went out and met them by the pool of Gibeon. And they sat down, one on the one side of the pool and the other on the other side of the pool. Now, so here's what's happening. You have uh, two kings set over the uh, people. And you have them coming together, which is actually a, a good idea to come together. But before you start coming together like this, you've got to make sure that you've got your <coughs> flesh put in place. You need to make sure that your flesh is not an issue. And a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people are not prepared uh, to put their flesh down. They think, let me put it this way, many people think they have their flesh put down. Then they get in a situation like this, and it's not. And this is where we want to be very honest with ourselves, very humble, like what you were saying earlier. Because if you're not humble to the point where it's like, Lord, show me where I'm really at, yeah. then you're going to be setting yourself up for failure. And it's very important. I, I did a series a while back talking about humility, and I said that I made some uh, estimations. And I would say, based off of what I know about the Word, the number of Christians, uh, Christians who are living by the things of God, they're living about 60% by the Word of God and by God's ways. So most Christians in America, I would guesstimate, are doing about 60%. That's 40% ungodly. That's a lot. And that would be my estimation. But Very generous estimation, too. It, it probably is, honestly. But here's the issue. They don't know it. They don't know that it's, they're not, what I've found is over, over the last you know, 20 years of ministry is what I've found is that most people 
think that they're doing everything right. That's why they're doing <clears throat> it. That's why they're doing it that yeah. way. They think that they're doing it right, and they don't understand uh, true humility in this way. And I'm I'm still learning. I'm not you. I'm not like an authority on it. It's just a matter of we're learning, and I'm not given to the point that I know everything or that we know everything. It's one of those things where all of us together need to be saying, Lord, show us what we don't know. Show us what we don't know. And uh, so what I found is that most people are not operating in malice. They're not constantly trying to do bad. They're actually doing what they think is right, and what they've fallen for is the deception. And and I've been that way many, many times, Uh, many times that I won't even tell you about. But we think we're doing right, and we find out, man, I was was not doing that right. And that's, but how do you find that out? Humility. Humility. And so a lot of times, uh, one of the examples that I, you know, when you go back into a series that we did called Reset, uh, you start to see about intimate fellowship with God. And that was the, how that started was when the Lord asked me the question, what do I call normal? And when he said, what do I call normal? It opened my eyes to a lot of things. And what I found out was that what we call good and great yeah. today in the American church is barely scratching yeah. the surface right. of what God calls normal. It's barely scratching the surface. I mean, just barely. And so we think good or great. We think we're on, if you had a ladder with 10 rungs, we think we're on like, you know, rung six, seven, eight. Yeah. You know, when after going through that study and going through that, what I really saw was that we're more likely on like rung one. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't want to hear that because they want to think that they're, they are, they have achieved, they have arrived, they want to think that they're there. Uh, But the problem with that is if you think that you're a six, seven, or eight, but you're actually a one, then you will have no growth and you will be deceived. And so here we see these men that are sitting there, um, just a second, here we see these men that are sitting there and they think that they are ready to meet together. And it doesn't turn out that way. And this is the way it needs to be in our lives. The person that would be a leader needs to make sure that they put on humility and they truthfully recognize where they're located. A leader humbly seeks his true location. Please put that in the comments. A leader truly seeks, or what did I say? Uh, Humbly, humbly seeks his true location. A leader humbly seeks his true location in the things of God. Please put that in the comments. A leader humbly seeks his true location with God. This is such an important uh, point. Yeah, well, I was reading a book last night by Kenneth Hagin, um, and he was talking about how the Lord highlighted a verse in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, and it says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who's in the image of God, should shine on them. And what he was saying that is he was, you know, as a believer, he was praying wrongly and he would get frustrated seeing people yeah. who were in deception. He's like, and he would just pray 
however which way, and he realized the Lord showed him that in order for deception to be gone, it's the believer's authority to to them pray and ask for deceptions to be removed. It's yeah. it's our responsibility. And so when we see, like Paul and I were talking earlier, there are people we know that deceptions are on them, and maybe we see that they have deceptions. But instead of getting frustrated that somebody maybe be deceived by the God of the world, our job as a believer <clears throat> is to then pray and ask that deceptions be removed, things yeah. that have blinded them be cast off, and speak the word of God over them. Because just because they're blinded doesn't mean that God hasn't redeemed them too. It doesn't yeah. mean that God doesn't have promises for them too. The world through him should be saved. And so we've got to be humble about our own things. But then when we see others in deception, instead of going up to them and being like, you're deceived, <laughs> like, ha ha, you're, you're in deception. Our job's to pray and yeah. at the leading of God say something, but our job is to pray for deceptions to be removed, pray for blind eyes to be open, pray for ears to be opened. And yeah, the end, Amen. helicopter landing. <laughs> yeah. And one of those ways is when you, when you pray that you go into the word and the word will help expose those deceptions. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've found out is things that you're normally deceived on that you've made something and when you start reading the word and then you start or somebody starts speaking that word to you exposing that deception you start getting frustrated there's a good chance that what you're trying to hold yeah. on to yeah for sure is not right yes. because the word will expose the deceptions it'll expose because it's life it's life giving so it's going to come in and those deceptions are death it's trying to hold you back from stuff so when you start injecting the life into it, that deception is going to get frustrated. That flesh is going to rise up. It's going to cause anger. It's going to cause frustration. It's going to cause, and that's when you have to have that flag that comes up and says, okay. But when you go into that word with humility, saying, yeah. okay, I'm really going to search after what, not what Pastor Brian's saying, but what you're saying, God. Yeah. Your word. Because. Yes. This person may miss it, and this person may miss it, but this isn't going to miss it. And you start going into it, so you step into that humility of God. You know more than I do. You show me. Yes. And when you do, he'll expose it to you. He'll show you the thing. And he's not just going to point one verse out. He'll, he'll take you all the way through in the full context of the word yes. and show you places. That way that deception doesn't have a leg to stand on because the truth has knocked you completely out. Yeah. And then that's when you can step into the things that he's really drawing you to. But it all starts with that humility of saying, I may be missing it. This person may have missed it. I know you won't miss it, so you show me mm -hmm. where it's at. Yeah. And it goes right with what you're saying, that deception. And then that deception has no choice but to leave. Yeah. What's the teaching? You've done it in Impact. I believe you've done it at a Holy Spirit service where you talk about how we all have that, like, the faith guard inside of us that when we yeah. hear something, there's We like have a, a shield of faith. But... We, we all have a shield of faith, yeah, but what it's based on is whether or not it will block anything. Yes. So, in other words, if the shield of faith is based on the Word and the love of God, it will block every fiery dart. But if it's based off of a deception, then it will allow those things through. And so, a lot of people have a shield of faith, and you know, one of the things that is that what you mm -hmm. want me to yes, say that? Okay. Yeah. Um, wanna, and I want to come back to what you said about 
what I say versus what God says. Mm-hmm. Um, come back to that in just a second. But the shield of faith, you know, one I had uh, one of my pastors uh, in the past. I love this example because it really showed me something. And he said, we all have a shield of faith. But a shield of faith, everybody, everybody has a shield of faith, uh, whether they're born again or not. The question is, what's that shield of faith uh, based on? So, for example, if I started telling you, and this is the example that he used, if I started telling you a story about there's these little creatures that live on the sun named Zodiacs, right? <laughs> I know what you're laughing at. And uh, if, I, if I told you that there was these creatures on the sun named Zodiacs, and they live there, and they're what actually gives the sun its heat and its energy are these little, uh, little creatures named Zodiacs. Uh, well, what happens inside of you? All of a sudden, right in that moment, your shield of faith goes into action. Whether or not you are a Christian or not, you're like, hold on a minute, you know, because that's obviously not true unless they really are and science hasn't found them yet. But uh, you're laughing because when I told that story, Jade was like, what? <laughs> My wife. That's real. My wife. Her shield of faith wasn't yet blocked. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, but generally, all of us will have something. What happens is when you start to hear something you've never heard before, if it's really outside of your comfort zone of what you know, uh, your shield of faith will come up and be like, eh, I don't know about that. And uh, so that's our shield of faith will work in that way. The key is, is the shield of faith based on the word? Mm-hmm. If the shield of faith is based on the word, then uh, it will block every fiery dart. But most of the time, people's thinking is not based on the word. It's based on what the world has told us. And that's where they mess up. They think that God's protecting them, and he's not because they're not actually applying a shield of faith based on the word. And so one of the things that I would do, ooh, look, I get to use my extra ribbons right here. (laughs) All right, so um, one of the things that I would do is show it like if you see the fibers on a shield of faith like this, and uh, this one here is on healing and you know the word on it, and the enemy shoots a dart towards that and it hits that fiber, it's not going to bend, it's going to get stopped. But let's say that this one is on prosperity and you don't know the word about how God wants to prosper you. And then the devil shoots a poverty arrow uh, weapon at you. It'll come and it'll hit uh, your shield of faith. But the shield of faith only works on the one that you have the word. It based on the character and nature of God and the word. And so that arrow will go right through and penetrate you. And you'll have to suffer with that until you repair that shield of faith with the word of God. Got that tied in with what Paul was saying. Well, and that's why we, that it, it does. So one of the things that's interesting is we need to be the kind of people that are based on the Word and only the Word. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, what I was going to give to you is this. You made this statement. You said, I don't need to believe what Pastor Brian says. I need to believe what the Word says, what God's saying. All right? So now here's one of the things that you need to see is that a good leader, and please put this in the, in the comments as well, a leader points to the truth. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me say it this way. A leader doesn't tell people what to think. A good leader points the people to yeah. the truth. So a good leader doesn't tell people what to think. 
It points them to the truth. Now, and that doesn't mean that I don't make statements that tell you what the truth is. I do, but you have to understand that my job is to point to it, not force feed it. Mm -hmm. My job is to point to it and make it available, not force feed it. Your job is to do what uh, the Bereans did in Acts 17, verse 11. Uh, look at verse 10. Paul is at Berea. This is, please put this in the comments, Acts uh, chapter 10 or Acts chapter 17 and verse 10, the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now these, these Jews, were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. So this is the Holy Ghost saying, these guys were thinking properly. Mm -hmm. They were thinking properly. And let's look at how they were thinking properly. They were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, mm -hmm. examining the scriptures daily mm -hmm. to see whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. All right, so what you see here is that Paul and Silas preached, but what they would do is as soon as the message was over... They would go daily and they'd say, okay, he preached this scripture, mm -hmm. he preached Acts 17.10, he preached 2 Samuel uh, chapter 2. Let's go read these scriptures and see what God's saying. In other words, my job and Paul's job, and, he, and even, even Paul is saying here, the Holy Ghost is saying here, it, they were more noble-minded, they were thinking correctly because they took what was preached and they went and found it for themselves. God, are you really saying this? Is this what you're saying? And you see that Paul's job, <clears throat> Paul's job was to point to the truth. As yeah. he preached, he pointed to the truth and he made it available. He didn't force it or bring it under compulsion. He made it un Now that doesn't mean he, he wasn't a strong preacher. Jesus was a strong preacher. Uh, Paul was a strong preacher. I'm not talking about becoming a milquetoast preacher that's not mm -hmm. handing out any meat. I'm not talking about somebody who's scared of everybody and trying right. to please everybody. Right. He, he pointed them, that's not what preaching is. He pointed them to the truth not trying to force feed it to them, but being strong in faith, hope, and love on it. Yeah. See, being strong in hope is what it says right here. A great eagerness, a great expectation. So he pointed them to the truth. And this is what's important. And this is a part of humility where we say we become like a Berean. We become to the place where we say, all right, Lord, if this is you, then I'm going to do it. No matter what I feel, no matter what I see, I'm going to do these things. So that's exactly what they did. So now back in uh, 2 Samuel, you see that they fell into a trap. Did you have anything else before we jump back in here? All right. So they fell into a trap of thinking that they were okay. And they're like, hey, let's go sit down and have some talks. I've watched this play out in church so many times now where people think that they're at a level. They think that they're at a certain level that is, you know, that they're not at. Mm -hmm. That they're, they haven't arrived at yet. And many times when I've presented that to them, they have not received, no, no, I'm, I'm a Christian on this level. And I can't do anything for them. I can do nothing for them because until they see where they're actually at, 
where they're really located, they humble themselves and say, am I at that place, Lord? Am I at that place? They'll yeah. be like David that says, Lord, what, it, what do you say? What are you saying about this? Am I at that place? Then they'll be able to move back to that level. They'll be able to grow. But see, if they think that they're already above it, they'll put no effort into growing to that place. So only humility allows true growth. Yeah. And put that in the comments, please. Only godly humility allows true growth. Well, it's dangerous, too. Like, you made the statement earlier how important it is to be honest with yourself about where you're at. And as you're talking, you know, the image I have in my head is, like, Luke coming up and saying, Daddy, I'm great with guns. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to play with your pistol right now. Yeah. Luke is seven. Like yeah. him playing with your pistol is dangerous. He yeah. doesn't know how to operate it properly. And these things with the Lord, like the deeper you go, like there's more glory to be had. Yeah. But if you just presume that you're ready for it, then, you know, it, it's the whole reason that God covered Moses' face with his hand. Like he wasn't capable of taking in all of who God was. And so when we put ourselves in these positions, if we're not truly ready, it can open us up yes. to be destroyed. It's a dangerous thing to not be honest with where you're truly at. Yes, that's correct. Hey, Caleb, I see you over on uh, YouTube. That's awesome. Good to see you, man. We love you. So only godly humility allows that true growth, and we need to, we need to give ourselves to that. We need to give ourselves to the Lord. Let, let the Father who loves you with an everlasting love Shine a Holy Ghost light yeah. on your life and let him show you what he wants to show you right now. He won't give you more than you can take. Yeah. He'll give you exactly what you can take. I encourage you so much. Ask the Lord to show you uh, where you truly are located because if you don't do that, you'll sit in the place for years and years thinking that you're okay and you'll be missing the things of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we want you to go higher. Amen. But that, that's the humility that it takes. All right? So now they think that they're ready. They meet together at this pool and they're sitting uh, on the sides of the pool. Then Abner said to Joab, now, this is Saul's uh, right-hand guy saying basically to David's right-hand guy. Abner said to Joab, now let the young men arise and hold a contest before us. And Joab said, let them arise. This is a bad idea. <laughs> this is a bad idea. He said, let them arise. So what's happening? They're going to have like competitive games right after they came out of a war <laughs> They just came out of a war, and, and now you have two kings, and they're going to have competitive games with weapons present. Like the scariest Olympics ever. And, and <laughs> with pride. weapons present. And, and guess, guess what happens? So they arose and went over by count, 12 for Benjamin and Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and 12 servants of David. And watch this, verse 16. Each one of them seized his opponent by the head and thrust his sword into the opponent's side so they fell down together. What a great game. Therefore, <laughs> that place was called Helkath Hazurim, which is at Gibeon. And if I remember, it means like... Field of sharp knives. Field, field of sharp knives. Emily. Clever. Yeah, thank you. I, I, looked it up, I looked it up a couple of days ago. Uh, all right, so... Now look what happened here. They think that they're ready. They think that they're ready. It literally causes a civil war here. Yeah. 
they think that they're ready because they weren't ready. They hadn't humbled themselves to the Lord. And I don't know who started it. We, you know, it, you could say, well, David's men didn't start. Well, we don't know that, but it, it could have been uh, Saul's men. It could have been, it could have been David's. We don't know. But I tell you this, here's what, here's what happened at some point. Some guy brought his emotions to the table. And he drew his sword, and he said, I'm going to kill this guy that I'm competing against. And he sticks it into his side, or he tries to stick it into his side. And then all of a sudden, everybody else says, I've got to defend myself. And it turns into basically a war. Because they thought that they were ready. They thought, I've watched minister after minister, ministry after ministry, think that they're ready to go do something. You know, you don't just go across the sea and go be a missionary. Uh, you don't just go do that stuff because you, you hear from the Lord. This is, if you go over to Mark chapter 4. Let's go there real quick. Mark 4. Oh, I'm in, I think I'm in the wrong spot. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 3. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Matthew 4. But that's the story. Matthew 4. We're just getting you acquainted yeah. with the New Testament today. Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word yeah. that proceeds out of the mouth of God. By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, we don't do anything but what we hear the Lord say. And, you know, I wanted to travel to different countries for most of my life. I've found recently the Lord has uh, really opened up. The Lord's really opened up something to me where I always enjoyed like maps and ships. Like even when I just see a painting or a, something like that, something on the inside of me jumps when I just see like a boat on the ocean or I see a map, especially like an old map or something like that. But any map of the world or a map of anything, I just like maps and I like, I like compasses. I like, and and I re, I'm realizing now this is something God put in me. He put something in me uh, to take the gospel around the world, and that's why I like these things. So it's really been neat to see that. But here's one of the things, and if you don't like maps, that might not be what it is for you, but it is it's what it is for me. But uh, what I, So I've had a longing to go around the world for so long and wanted to go and preach the gospel and go on missions trips and do these different things. Uh, but I know that I don't live by what I feel. I live by the Word of God. I live by the leading of the Spirit. I'm not going to have life to the full till it overflows, 
unless it's a mm -hmm. word, if it's yeah. a rhema of God. Yeah. I'll live on that alive word that the Lord gives me. And so, you know, many times I want it. I've been invited to go overseas many times now and uh, go and preach the gospel and everything. But I can tell you, here's how it happened. And it was so right. Uh, one of my great friends, uh, Pastor A.L. Downing in South Carolina, he called me and he said, hey, Brian, I, I want you to go with me to the Philippines. Will you go with me? Uh, and we're going to preach at the Philippines. Will you go with me? As soon as he asked me that question, I felt the Holy Ghost stir in my spirit. And I, and I continued to pray on it. And then the Lord told me, he said, I want you to go on that trip. Yeah. It's the first time I heard him say it. As soon as he said that, then I had my word to go, and I knew that we would have life to the full till it overflows. Yeah. And we saw the power of God. And then the next year, you got to go back and be there and see. And the Lord made a supernatural connection there mm -hmm. in that country. Well, also in, in there, I met a, a man that was from Africa, from Gabon, Africa, uh, Bishop uh, Easy. And uh, Easy Armstrong. And so I knew and the Lord, when I met him, the Lord said, you and this, and this man, you are connected in the spirit and I've got some things for you to do. And when he calls, I want you to go. A few months later, he called me. He said, I want you to come to Africa. I said, okay. And uh, so we went, we went there to Africa and went to Gabon. Uh, evangelist Stephen Hurlbert and I did. We went to Gabon, we went to Nigeria, and we preached. Man, God showed up big time in that way. But I didn't just go because I felt like it. I went because I had a word from yeah. the Lord. You know, a lot of times we just assume things and we don't want. Humility is not just assuming things. Humility is making sure that you hear from God and you're obedient to those things. You had a word to go with me mm -hmm. uh, on this past last year. You had a word. And the Lord started making provision. Mm -hmm. He started pulling the pieces together so that you could go. And because uh, it's not it's not a cheap trip no. to go. It's a, no. it's it costs some money to mm -hmm. get over there. And uh, so then you were sitting there and you said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I know God told me. On that word, we'll have yeah. life to the full till it overflows. On that obedience to God's word, that's where provision is. And that's humbling ourselves to that place. We must make sure that we do that. And so here these guys were sitting there, and they were sitting there, but I would say it wasn't on a word of the Lord. God doesn't want his family killing each other. Yeah. You know, that's not what he's after. I, w I would say it wasn't on a word of the Lord, but here they are, and sure enough, one of these guys, they're in competition. He's like, I, this guy, I'm against him. Our kingdom against their kingdom, I'm going to kill him. And all of a sudden, it starts this war. So y'all have anything before we read on? I have like swirling thoughts, like so many, as you're going, it was like rapid fire. But I think, you know, the one that sticks out to me the most is it goes back to what we've been talking about yesterday and Monday is that need of intimacy. You know, David was a great king because he consulted the Lord. Yes. You know, in order to know what the Lord wants you to do, you have to know him. You can't hear the word of God saying, yeah. now's the time to go. If you've never heard his voice before, everything's yeah. going to sound like his voice. Yes. So having that intimacy where you, you, his sheep know his voice, the strangers they will not follow. 
that need for intimacy is huge. And clearly, it, it, it at least would appear in this moment, there was no consulting of the Lord happening. Right. It was their own decision to do it. It was logic. It just made sense. You know, this is how we're going to operate. But n- consulting the Lord, knowing his voice, that deep yes. intimacy protects from such things because the will of God will never put you in a position of death, destruction, and harm because Jesus came to bring life and life in abundance. This is contrary to who he is. And a good way to see it, too, is if it's a word from God, it's not going to be difficult. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be easy. It Just may like with flesh, that, maybe, but, with yeah. that word, yeah. instead of letting my flesh come up, oh, man, okay, well, if this is you, then you're going to provide a way. Well, yeah. he had already provided the way before yeah. the word came. But when I, it was my choice of how I was going to receive the word, was I going to receive this and say, okay, Lord, if this is yours, then you're going to supply it, or... Okay, well, now i got to figure out this, this, and this. No, if he gives you a word, he's going to show you how to figure it out. Yeah. He's going to show you where it's going to come from. So you have two, you have two choices to make. Paul's way yeah. or just let him show me his way. Because if sure. he's going to give you the word, then he's going to give you the way. Mm-hmm. So if you're contemplating, well, is this really of God? Well, step back. Does it seem like it's difficult? Because if it is, then it's not God. Because everything is through him, from him, is going to be easy. He's going to give you the way. It'll be easy and light in the spirit. It'll be easy and light. And, but some people might could take that in the wrong way where they're saying, what? because you, you think about Goliath. Goliath didn't look easy, but it was easy in the spirit. And so when we understand the difference between the spirit and the flesh, and, and I know what you're, I know what you're yeah. saying, but it's one of those things where you have to see. It might not look easy to your eyes, yeah. but when you jump in with faith, hope, and love on the Word of God, it will be easy. And one of the things that we say is according, uh, according to the Scripture where it talks about in Matthew 11, I believe it is, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So to give you a great example of that is when they were in, in the boat on the ocean, the disciples think they're dying. Jesus is asleep. One had it easy, one had it heavy and hard. If they would have paid attention to how heavy and hard it was, they would have gone to Jesus and said, why is this heavy and hard yeah. to us? And, and Jesus could have shown them how to uh, peace be still yeah. you know, of mm-hmm. their life. And so it can look hard to the flesh, but yeah. to the spirit, it's going to be easy. And it's going to work out like mm-hmm. it was easy for mm-hmm. you. When yeah. you gave, and this is the key, when you give yourself to the plan of the Lord. It might be and look hard on the flesh, but to the spirit man, it was easy. And it was easy for you. It was. It was hard on my flesh to sell on a boat that he had given me. Yeah. Tell tell him, I mean, basically, uh, somebody had given him a boat. And he was like, hey, (laughs) I got a boat. Like, free. Like, there's nothing. Like, yeah. Nada. Like, I done a job for the people. They paid me for the job and said, hey, we're moving. We can't take this boat with us. We want to give it to you. Yes. The trailer and the boat and a lifetime tag. Given. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the boat. But And let me say <laughs> this. But what happened was that you didn't have it before. Yep. Then all of a sudden you had it. And then the Lord gave you a word. He had already provided mm-hmm. to get you there to yep. fulfill what you were supposed to. And then what did he say to you? 
I was actually pulling out of my driveway and that day I went out the back of my driveway instead of the front. And as I was driving, my boat was sitting right there at the property line in the backyard and he was like, that's a nice boat you have. And I was like, oh man, you want me to sell my boat? Like flesh came up <laughs> real quick, but I was like, okay, well, if that's what, and then I heard him, you're called to be fisher of men. And he used the boat, which was <laughs> very <laughs> ironic. And I was like, okay, well then, okay. So I prayed about the amount that I was supposed to sell the boat for. So I put it online. Okay, I'm going to sell the boat. This is the amount I'm selling it for. Within 30 minutes, somebody had cash in my hand wow. for the boat. And then the, it was the provision I needed for the entire trip. Amen. And above that. So it was hard on my flesh to let it go. Yeah. But when I understood that I had a word to stand on, if I've got a word to stand yes. on, then it's going to be easy. Yeah. He's got something planned, bigger plans yes. for it. And ironically, my business was good. It was steady. But after doing that, when I got back, since then the business has just done this. And then I've learned off of that word, I've learned what he's tried to show me. So I've applied it in other areas. So instead of plateauing, it just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. It's because I've applied the things that originally came off that word. Okay, yes. You're, it's not your business, Paul. It's, I've blessed you with this business to do things that I'm calling you to, and I'm calling yes. the church to, you're a part of it. Your business is a part of it. So after learning that, it's like this month, this during the COVID, a lot of people's businesses and small businesses were doing this number. Mine had the complete opposite effect. It's done this number and ramped up. But it's because I know yeah. what God has planned. I know his word was, Paul, I want you to do this business. Yeah. I want you to run this business, and I want you to do it the way I'm calling you to do it. And it's helped. And it's helped touch people. It's helped him be able to touch people that he might not have touched before. Because them opening the door for me, what they're doing is they're actually opening the door for him to come in. Yeah. So humbly stepping in and saying, okay, what do you want me to do on this job? He provides. Yes. So. I, well, you sowed what was precious to you into the kingdom of God, which is what believers are called to do. Uh, we take the blessings of God and we sow them into the gospel. In Mark chapter 10, it, it shows that. He says, nobody that gives lands and houses and this, all these things into the gospel for the gospel's sake or for my name's sake that won't be rewarded now and in the time to come a hundredfold. And it says with persecutions. In other words, when you when you sow it, you know, don't think that we're in a world that won't persecute you. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they may hear that story and be like, Paul, you're an idiot. You know, mm -hmm. But you're not. You're actually one of the most wise men because you said, I see an eternal thing that's worth more value than this yeah, temporal thing. Yeah, because that one fleshly thing that I put down and said, okay, Lord, I trust you, I can't remember, what was the total number of souls that... It was over 600. Yeah, that were reached Yeah. by us being there. So when you look at it this way, was a couple thousand dollars worth it? Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's, that's over 600 people that know Jesus now. Yeah. So even if I was to never be paid back the money, I was never given another boat, would I do it again? Yes, I would. Yeah. Why? Because his kingdom comes before anything of mine. His, the love he has for souls is bigger than any boat that I could ever receive. 
Yes. Any amount of money I can receive on a job, it's bigger than that. So when you understand that, then it makes, that's when it, when I was saying it makes it easy, that's when it becomes easy when you hear that yes. word, and it's not a struggle. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, as y'all are talking, but again, it's like stirring in my head, but, you know, it, seek first the kingdom. Seek first what he wants for you. What God may want for you may look different than what he wants for Paul and for Pastor and for myself. I, I think I put it on Facebook the other day ago. Our titles and our positions may be different, but our responsibility is the same. It's the same. It's souls. And yes. so what we're called to do, what we're charged with, it's souls. So, you know, using this trip as an example, I wanted to go on this trip. Like when they went, I wanted to go, but I didn't have a word to go. And so if I had tried to make this trip happen for me, would have been the same situation, would have been the same place I was, but my circumstances would have looked very different. It would have been hard. I would have been making it happen in my own strength and there wouldn't have been the anointing to make it happen. But in him, we live and move yes. and have our being. In him, he satisfies the thirsty soul. In him, he supplies all of our needs. If he'll take care of the birds of the air and the lilies of the valley, how much more will he take care of you? Yeah. He knows exactly what each one of us specifically needs for our specific callings that he's called us to. So maybe he hasn't called you to go to a foreign nation and sell your boat, but maybe he's told you, to, you know, empty your bank account into the gospel, not because he wants you to have nothing, but because he wants to then bless you with more. So that way you can be somebody who funds the end time harvest of souls. Maybe he wants you to be a conduit that his riches and his blessing can flow through. Maybe that's your calling. It doesn't matter what it is. It matters that we hear it and we just abide in him and we rest in him and we hear his voice. And when he calls, we answer. We're not fearful like Moses was. We become like Isaiah, that when the coals of heaven touch our lips, the next thing out of our mouth is, here am I, Lord, send me. Refine me with that fire. Refine me with the word. And let the cry of my heart be, here I am, so that your heart, Lord, toward us can be well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. There's a scripture back in Samuel that says, obedience is better than sacrifice. And some years ago, uh, you know, or some time ago, the Lord showed me. He said, look, when you sacrifice something, it's just gone. But when you are obedient, you're sowing into something. In other words, you realize that that boat is not gone. It is planted as mm-hmm. seed, and yeah. it has a harvest on it. So sacrifice is just gone. And a lot of people, when they give, they just sacrifice. Yeah. They just give yeah. stuff away. They don't sow it. That's why uh, Brother Tracy, who's one of our uh, spiritual fathers, uh, he, he says the kingdom is not a giving kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's a sowing mm-hmm. kingdom. And so when we start to understand that, we realize that everything we do, it's either sowing or it's not. But if we want to operate, I know that Abigail did uh, the uh, talking about tithes and offerings at the youth the other night. And she used where it talks about the parable of the mustard seed. And it says, the kingdom is like a seed. Mm -hmm. In other words, the kingdom of God is based on seed time and harvest. And uh, we want to sow, you know, of course, we're going to give you opportunity to sow into the broadcast today. But uh, also, hey, Kevin Nowicki, good to see you, man. We love you. I saw you pop on here. Um, 
Uh, yeah, we're going to have opportunity to sow into this. But think about this. Let's not, not just think about sowing our finances. How about sowing our obedience? Mm-hmm. And then if we do the right things, it's yeah. not just sacrifice. Yeah. It's sown. Yeah. There's a harvest to that. Yeah. You know, I can remember multiple times where the Lord told me, I want you to be loyal to this pastor. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't really recognize it then, but I recognize it now. I was sowing loyalty and I have a right to reap that you I, it would not surprise me a bit if the Lord just puts another boat in your hand that, yeah. that better than that and it might be quick it might be mm-hmm. a ways down the road and it wouldn't surprise me if he asked you to sow that one too but then you'd have another harvest if he tears yeah. it'll just get better and better because when you plant it's multiplied God multiplies the seed sown And how about our obedience? How about just being obedient to the things of God? Being obedient to what the Lord has led us to. Being obedient to his word. To go or not to go based off of to go or not to go based off of what he says. Told you to go, Mm -hmm. didn't tell you to go. And you you have to be obedient in that way. You have to be obedient in your way. And uh, as we're obedient in those ways, we're right in the right place, doing the right thing, yeah. and it's awesome. God will put us in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, if we Amen. just learn how to listen to Him and be obedient. Yeah. Amen. It's, it's the same thing with our time. Like, when the Lord says, hey, just spend five minutes with this person talking to them. Yes. That five minutes, you think of it, you're so in that five minutes. Yes. It's like I was telling Barry earlier, Monday I started this job, and it's tearing out an old bathroom. It's got old tile on the wall. It goes halfway up. It's, it's not, it wasn't done like it is now. So it's very labor intense getting it off the walls without damaging and everything. And I was getting started Monday, and I've got a schedule. You know, this is the X date that we're going to be done by. I've got a mark to hit. I got there at 1030 because I was checking on another job that I've got going on. Got there at 10.30, and I felt like the Lord told me I just needed to talk with, talk with the lady because she took that day off to sign contract and everything. And so I started talking to her. Well, 12.30 comes around. Yeah. And the lady just started crying when we were talking. So it opened doors where she had questions about things. Yeah. He was using me to help point things out to her and show her in the Word where things that maybe she hadn't seen or maybe things that she had overlooked were lying and it unlocked truth to her and it broke something in her. Okay, so then it's 1230. I've lost two hours of the day and everything. When I left that day, I was actually ahead of where I wanted to be for the day. Wow. So I gave two hours of time There you go. with her, but he made up for that so that I lack at the end of the day of where I wanted to be at that day, that yes. stopping point. Yes. No, I didn't because I gave that time and he said, you know what? I'm going to make this go by really easy. This is going to be one of the yes. easiest tearouts you're going to do. <laughs> Normally, this kind of tearout would take me roughly about a week. I've been a day and a half and I'll be finished the tearout in three days versus <laughs> five or six days. Hallelujah. But it all came down to... I. I know his voice, yeah. and I heard him say, you need to speak with her. You were obedient So I stopped so and yeah. said, okay, if that's what you want me to do, it's your business. I trust you. And immediately, 
he came back and provided the time and made it even better than what it was supposed to be. Glory to God. And made it easier than what it was supposed to be. We just have to be obedient and listen. And sometimes, like I'm just saying, it's sometimes it's just time he wants you to sow. Sometimes he'll say, just put the $2 in there. Buy this person's happy yes. meal. And then sometimes he'll say, I want you to sow this amount. And it's like, ooh. But then when you've heard the other <laughs> things, it's like, well, you've paid me back with time. You've paid me back with the happy meal. You've paid me back with this. Then I trust you. I know yes. your word says yes. this. So there's something big coming from it. So if you're wanting me to do this, something big in the kingdom is going to happen because of this. Yeah. And I know you're a God that repays and yes. that you're going to pay above and beyond yeah. what that time is, what that amount of money is, whatever it is, that seed, it's planted in fertile ground that's going to produce something. Yeah. So I'm not sacrificing my time. Yeah. I know what, no matter what it is, I'm sowing it. Yes. You don't just sacrifice the seed to the ground just to throw your money away into the ground and not get a tomato plant out of it. You're sowing, you're taking time to sow that seed because you know that tomato plant's going to come up and you're going to have abundance of tomatoes. If not, then you're just throwing seeds away. Kevin says last week he went to uh, Philadelphia to pick up a car for a church and take it to him to River Church in Tampa, I'm assuming. And he said, and then God gave him his own car. He gave that time and the Lord gave him a car last week. That's the kingdom is a kingdom of sowing. And again, I want, yeah. I want to say this again. It's not just financial. Awesome. Mm -hmm. It's a sowing of time. It's a sowing of obedience. And if we will say, Lord, you can see everything and you have my best on your heart and mind. And whatever you say to do, it's always opportunity to increase because if I take Jesus by the hand, he's always leading me to triumph. He's always leading me to victory. Whatever you tell me to do, it's worthy of sowing into. And uh, when we have that, the Lord will just bring about stuff. And y'all have seen it in mm -hmm. your lives time and time again. I've seen it in my life. And uh, just the kingdom of God is a kingdom of sowing. But watch this, bringing it all back around. It, that obedience, he says, if, you're, if you'll be willing and obedient, mm -hmm. you'll eat the good of the land. Mm -hmm. If you'll be willing and obedient. In other words, my heart is not doing it you know, hard. And, and like when you had the boat, you were like, oh, you felt the flesh at mm -hmm. first. But then you made sure your heart was good. You got willing. Mm -hmm. And when you got willing, you ate the good of the land. But you had to be obedient. He couldn't just be willing only. He had to actually follow through with it and be obedient. But how can we be obedient if we haven't humbled ourselves to hear? Mm -hmm. And so it looks like in this chapter in 2 Samuel 2, they didn't humble themselves to hear, and it ends up with yeah. men being killed, and you're going to see that. We'll, we'll talk about that some more tomorrow. I want, there's another point specifically in that chapter I want people to see because I watch people do this in Christianity. They try to be super Christian. And, and I, I'll tell you this, before long, we're going to talk about some of the practical ways of how to hear from God and be led by God. Amen. So probably at the end of this series, we'll probably go into a series like that. Amen. And uh, Buddy's sitting here today. He just wrote a book on, on God's divine direction for our lives. And uh, Buddy, you can put that link in the comments. Uh, if you want to read a good book about the finding God's direction for your life, uh, grab his book. It's awesome. 
And uh, so we're going to talk about what are some practical ways of being led because how can I eat the good of the land if I'm not willing and obedient? And how can I be obedient if I haven't actually humbled myself uh, to hear from him? And so you want to hear from him. Mm -hmm. You want to humble yourself. See, if we don't seek him with all our, our heart, then we won't hear from him. We won't seek him and find him like yeah. Jeremiah 24 and Jeremiah 29 says. We won't seek and find him. But what does it take to seek him with all of our heart? Humility. Yeah. Humility. You can't seek him with all your heart outside of humility. And then that's how we'll hear uh, from, thank you, buddy, for putting that up there. There you go. And then also thank you, uh, Priscilla and Barrett. Thank you already for donating today and, and uh, giving online. It's good for people to sow. If you, here's another way you can sow. For, you know, not talking about finances. We'll get to that in a second. But here's another way you can sow. Lord, let me sow this kind of teaching into the lives yeah. of my friends. Let me share the broadcast, share it on YouTube, share it on Facebook, share it, share it on social media, because people need to hear this to go to another level. I'm not just going to keep all this stuff for myself. That's why we're doing the broadcast. We do the broadcast daily. Why? So that people's lives can go up to new heights of what's right for their lives, you know, what's right for them by God, not by what the world thinks, by what God thinks. Share the broadcast if you haven't done it already. Uh, you can sow it into people's lives that way. And then, of course, the broadcast is always sown into you. It's always we're sowing it into you. It doesn't cost you a thing. But there's some people that would like to say, I want to be with you. I want to support that. I want to, I want to connect myself with the word of humility that was just ministered on. And I want to physically connect to that spiritual principle and sow into it. And if that's you, you can put uh, hashtag donate uh, on Facebook, hashtag donate and the amount. Or you can go to givebc.org. So either you want to partner with us in getting uh, the word out there, the gospel out there. Or you want to sow into the word that was just spoken and become a partaker of the grace on that word. And, and that's a way to do it is by giving. I'm going to talk about that, some connectors of, from the physical to, uh, to the spiritual. So for instance, if you want a spiritual principle to come together, one of the physical connectors is that I physically speak that word and confess it. If I, want, if I hear a word preached uh, that I know I need in my life or I know I need more of it in my life, I can sow into that message and into whoever preached it and the grace that's on that minister's life can come into me. It's a way for us to do something physically that does connect us uh, with that spiritual. I've been meditating on that recently. But we love you. Thank you so much for your giving. Let's just pray. Father, right now... For everyone that gave, Lord, let it be pressed down, shaken together, running over. Let it that seed be multiplied. We praise you. We worship you. We give you the glory. Let it be returned 100-fold back into their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for prospering your people. Thank you for not leaving them in the grave, not leaving them in the place of the pit of death in their finances, but raising them up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. And Lord, let us all, let everybody who's watched this or seen this, let us, Lord, put on humility and step into grace and greater grace 
like we never have before. Let us see your humility. Let us hear from you and be willing and obedient. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you. We worship you. We give you the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just pray this with me right there as you're watching and listening. Just pray, Father, today I humble myself before you. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You're the director. Whatever you say to do, I'll do. I humble myself before you. You're my king. You're my savior. You're my Lord. And why thank you. Thank you. I, believe I believe you died for me in my sins. And I give you my sins. I will not sin. I will, not I will walk in your strength. I will, walk in I will strength. give you me as the Lord of my life. And I believe that you died for my sins. And that God brought you back to life. And when he raised you up, he raised me up as well. Well, and Lord, right now, Lord, right now I, just I just ask you, Jesus, baptize me baptize in, the in the Holy Spirit and fire, and fire in, Jesus in Jesus' name. Thank you, Thank you for, empowering me for empowering me to live the life to live the you've life called me to be. Like you've helped Barrett to follow the leading of God. Like you've helped Paul to go and preach the gospel and follow the leading of God. Like you've helped uh, all of these guys sow and give them things to sow. You give seed to the sower. Lord, you've helped. Thank you for helping me like you helped the guys at What's Right. Thank you for helping me like you helped Kevin with that car. Thank you for helping me like you helped Buddy and Serena. Thank you for helping me like you helped Marky and Priscilla and Abigail and Rachel and Pastor Nicole and Brian. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Lord, I will put faith in you. I'll put hope in you. And I will put love into everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. As you were praying, like what came up to me was there's no seed too small. You know, the greatest offering that was ever given was two mites, like two cents. Yes. So it doesn't matter where you're at right now. It doesn't matter if the seed that the Lord told you to sow is 75 cents. Yes. If the Lord told you to sow it, then that means that there's a promise attached to it. So whatever that amount right. is, sow that thing. Don't underesteem. Do not despise the small beginnings. Yes. Start wherever the Lord tells you to start, and he will yes. bring the increase. He's That's the right. increaser. That's not your job. That's his job. Willing and obedient. So we're at whatever he just told you to sow. Sow that thing. Yes. There's no judgment from us. We rejoice That's right. seeing every offering come through, every seed yeah. come through, because your life will then increase off of that seed. It's praiseworthy, no matter what it is. It blesses me when I see that, because I know that they will not stay small. Yeah. I know mm -hmm. that it will grow. I've watched it time and time and time again. Yeah. And so Amen. I, I can see while we were praying, we might have missed a comment or two, but I can see where Kevin uh, sowed today.